Bonjour and bienvenue to Louisville's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou, and this is the place to come to keep your Frenchy vibes going and help you lose yourself in France without even leaving home. Now, in each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, France, and around the world, and share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Today, my guest is someone very close to me. Anne Locke is my cousin and also my dear friend. Coucou, Annie. Ça va? Ça va bien, et, et tu? Ça va bien aussi, merci. Now, Annie, we have travelled together as children and done short breaks away as 20-somethings and more recently too without our children and family. But today we are going to talk about our grand vacances we made in 2015 with loads of our extended family to Paris and more particularly for this chat to Chinon in the Loire Valley. Now, it's five years ago, but what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of that holiday? Ooh. The first thing that comes to my mind would be an amazing sense of history mm-hmm. and a feeling that nothing has really changed. So there is this great feeling of permanence. Mm-hmm. It felt that we had stepped back in time and it was a place that was untouched and very magical. It was, wasn't it? I loved that feeling of walking in the footsteps of lots of other people from before us and it was very much a place that had a a sense of wonder about it, Chinon. It's a lovely, lovely place. Now, you had travelled to France before this with your husband and children as you all lived in the UAE for a number of years, but how do you think it's different with a large group than when you've just got your own family? I think the major difference is that you necessarily can't do as much when, and I just think to myself once when I was in London, I took a day to myself and I saw about five places I really wanted to see. When you're with a large group, it may be more like two places that you Mm -hmm. want to see. So the question you need to ask yourself when deciding is, how much do you really want to go and are you going for your own sake or are you happy to participate in a group? That's a really good point because I think sometimes people go away in a big group and they think, oh, we're going to have so much fun, but then they don't realise that that actually can sometimes inhibit how much you can see. Fortunately for us, not all of our family that we went with wanted to do the same thing at the same time. So it wasn't so much of an issue. We could just pick and choose. So we all met up in Paris for a week first and then travelled by train to Tours, which is a lovely town in the Loire Valley. I've travelled by train a lot in France and have chatted about some of the pitfalls before in other podcast episodes. But I will quickly say again, getting on and off trains in France is swift and there is never enough room for (laughs) luggage. So be prepared to sort yourselves quickly. I've also mentioned car hire before on Lulabelle's Francophiles with the issue of multiple train stations at the same town. But we had a different problem on this trip. The car hire office closed earlier than advertised and earlier than what they'd advised. So Luckily, there were loads of us with cars hired from other offices that were still open, but it is worth noting if collecting a car on the weekend that the car hire offices are not always open for the extended hours in French regional areas that they might be in the cities. Well, I think that that might have been my fault, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it was nothing that it was nothing that a six-pack of beer from the uh, tabac next door That's right. didn't resolve and a few euros to pay some random guy to take us 
quite a fair distance to our village, That's, I recall that. Yes. They were flexible when they needed to be. They were, and luckily we had a, a big seven-seater to cram some people in and others hopped into some kind of taxi arrangement. We were very fortunate. But that goes to show the importance of a sense of humour <laughs> and the need to be flexible when you're with a group because the more people you have, the more someone's going to make a mistake or forget their ticket or lose their bag yes. or fall ill and there's nothing that you can do about it. So you just have to enjoy your surroundings and let it Absolutely. And go with the flow. Absolutely. And also when you're travelling with three generations, it can be problematic because you don't want to lose a child or a grandparent anywhere. Now, my dad told us a bit about Shinon, where we were staying, that Joan of Arc rode out of there with Richard the Lionheart for her first battle, and King Richard is actually buried there somewhere. Did you know anything of Shinon before we went there? Do you know, Lou, I had never heard of it. No. I was in your hands with that suggestion, and I am so glad. The times in the past where I've travelled through France has tended to be more north-south, so uh, Avignon and along the Mediterranean. So to go to the Loire Valley was a fabulous chance and even better when someone's suggesting the itinerary for you. <laughs> so knowing that somebody in our group had been there before, so that was enough of a recommendation for me. And I was really pleased to immerse myself in what seemed to be a very simple and almost plain village where you felt like you could immediately become part of the daily life there. It wasn't a tourist village. No. It was more of a place where people live and you can see the real France. Absolutely. And there were enough little touristy things on the periphery and also with the fortress that's there to be able to satisfy a bit of that need in some people. But then it was lovely just to immerse ourselves in village life and have a saunter along through different squares that were there and along the river. It was quite a calming and lovely week with pockets of tourist activity interspersed, which was quite a lovely way to do it, I think. Absolutely. With the daily life, it was convenient to buy specialty products on the side of the road in a little stall. So it wasn't as if we had to wait for a Sunday farmer's market to enjoy the quail eggs or the special cheeses. No, because we could find them just by going for a little drive. There were farmers that just had them out at their front gates where you could just buy things as you, as you drove along, which was quite fascinating. I was thinking about the square around the corner. Yes. There was the square around the corner, which had everything we needed to go and make lunch. And it was open, I think, almost every day. They it's had, fabulous to, to imagine that's what would have happened 100 years ago. It might have felt like every day, but I think they have their farmer's market two or three times a week. And we went and got some fabulous chevre and some beautiful fresh produce. We also got fresh bread each day from the boulangerie. It was just a very simple way of eating and living each day and quite slow in some ways. We saw some beautiful chateaus in the Loire. One I recall Chateau Villandry had the most exquisite parterre gardens, and I'll put the link for that on the Little Bell's website because it is quite an exquisite place. It's like a mini Versailles. Do you remember that one? Oh, it was beautiful. It's a beautiful place to take photos and admire the garden, which had some gardeners in common with some of the larger French chateaux. Yes, that's right. There was another chateau we went to see 
I don't know if you came with me on this particular day, and it was apparently the inspiration for the fairy tale Sleeping Beauty. And it was sadly, ah, do you remember yes. that one? Did you go to that one? It was in a little bit of decay, it, it, and I found it was a little bit scary because they set it up as if it was a haunted kind of place with the evil stepmother or the witch that with an apple and it had a light show which had this kind of almost a horror feel to it. And so with the very old chateau, you were walking through some parts of it where they were saying Sleeping Beauty was kept in this attic and it was quite <laughs> it was quite frightening. But at the same time, I was fascinated by it and it was in the most beautiful little village that was t- much tinier than Shinom. But it was quite lovely to wander through, but it was very strange. Yeah, and it really was very illegitimate, that storyline. Um, they had a lot of history surrounding that. If you had a giggle back in the 70s at Crow Castle, you would be in stitches in, <laughs> at this chateau. You could you could look at the way they'd set up these funny mannequins with a few cobwebs on. I imagine they're seeking revenue that they need to continue the maintenance. Yes, in itself, it was a remarkable chateau. It was. And you do have a feeling of reverence. Mm. And another step back in time too, as you walk up turrets and look around, you always need a little bit more time to spend at any yeah. chateau that you visit. Yes, you do. And to stand at those little windows in the turrets and look out and just have a little bit of a daydream for a moment I've done that where I've looked at, and quite often they're on rivers or streams, and you're looking one way out of the little window without glass in the turret towards the river or stream, and you can imagine that they would have been standing there seeing potentially armies coming towards them or or invaders of some description coming up in their boats up the river and having to protect themselves. Now we don't think of them that way. We just think of them as beautifully furnished and gorgeous places to visit. But they actually were built for a purpose. This one had a beautiful chapel that was exquisitely decorated and it was the family chapel where they said Mass and they still have Mass in that chapel I remember being quite taken aback by its beauty. Now, we stayed in a cute little townhouse in Shinon with our two families. It was perfectly positioned, I thought, to do things such as wander by foot through the village, but also it had parking so we could drive off and go to see other villages or chateaus nearby. Yes, I recall that the front door opened straight onto the road, Mm. but the road seemed to be almost as if horse and carts were going to go down. And I do think that it was too narrow for cars or possibly cars would go one way. So it felt really safe, great Mm. place to have children, and it had a community feel to it. The front door knockers of the different houses in our street all seemed to be different and hand-carved out of metal. Yes. Remember there was one house in the street and it was almost a rickety little lane that we were on. The street went up a little hill as well. And there was one house, I don't know if you recall, and it had these beautiful little planter boxes out the front and they had knitted covers for the plants. So each little pot plant had a little knitted jacket or jumper on it with a little pattern that was crocheted or knitted on each little plant. And it was so pretty and cute with 
a quaint little door knocker, like you said, on each of the houses all the way up as well. It had little tiny laneways that came off our main laneway. And then when you got to the top of the hill, it then turned into another beautiful little, almost magical kind of quaint little street that was littered with gorgeous boutiques that looked like they had come out of some other century. They were so pretty. You almost were surprised that they had electricity. It looked like everything was lit with gas lights. It was so, so quaint. It's like a Pinocchio shop. It was like a Pinocchio shop. It's quite a challenge to work out when those shops are open, though. So you need to be patient and be prepared to come back to check to see whether or not you can buy those special pair of shoes that you see in the front window. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I know that we did have a bit of difficulty with the opening hours in the country village. It wasn't like in Paris where there may be a sign saying closed between 12 and 2 and they will be actually closed between 12 and 2 and open at all other times. In this village, as with some other country villages, it may say closed between 12 and 2 but they might really close at 11.30 and they might not open some days until 4 or they might only be open just before dinner. Not for your main food shops, but for those specialty shops that are not so well frequented. And I think that that was something that you and I really noticed because we had this one particular little shoe shop that we were desperate to go and buy something from because the shoes inside were so gorgeous. Every day we would go past and we would see that the window (laughs) dressing had changed. There were new shoes in there, but we never saw a person. And I started to imagine there was a horde of magic elves making the shoes because it did look like a little Pinocchio shop. And I thought they'd be making the shoes through the night because the window display looked different every time we went past. But we never saw a soul inside. It was also a little medieval-style building. So it was so easy to envision these magical occurrences. We kept making excuses as to why we had to leave certain meals just to check to see whether that little shop is open and finally when it did open my goodness did we make up for lost time I, I remember and I don't think they thought we were serious when we said no I'll have that one no that one and no don't put that one away I'll have that one too I think we bought we three or four pieces it's the I'm... reward for your patience And it's also something that I celebrate all the time because they were handmade little velvet French slippers. I bought a number of pairs and I still wear them and I will have them because I bought enough pairs to see me through the next decade. So until I get to go back there and buy some more, I'm sorted, which is lovely. Now, because we went with... Yeah, I'm hoping these restrictions get lifted, Lou. Oh, so do I. I'm due for another pair. (laughs) (laughs) Now, with such a large group of us, because there were 15 of us in Shinon, 20 in Paris and 15 in Shinon, it wasn't practical to all stay in the same house. And in the organisation stage of the holiday, we tossed up whether to get a huge chateau and all stay together, but that would lock everyone into certain arrangements. So we decided to all get smaller places, but ensure that they were close together. It ended up that we were on one side of the village in that lovely little three-storey house that we stayed in. And the aunts, uncles, cousins and papa were on the other side. And so we all met up for sightseeing at times and for dinner or lunch each day, as we said, and we had a pair of teeth at each other's accommodation as well. But it felt so safe in that little village that we were very happy to let our children, I think my boys at the time were 15 and 13 or so, and yours were 
um, about seven and nine. So we felt comfortable enough to let them go wandering off together to go and visit their family on the other side of the village. And they loved that, that they could go and wander by themselves and explore and go and find little nooks and crannies in the village because there were so many little petite corners that were just exquisite that you could go and sit in a in a square somewhere and find an artist that was just painting and go and watch them do it or join in. There were often little activities that the children could join in at different squares dotted around the village. There was, unfortunately, though, one thing that we wanted to go and do, go canoeing on the river that ran through the village. We went back every day to try and find the boathouse open, but unfortunately it was raining and the weather was a bit unpredictable and I rang the guy and he said, I'll be open tomorrow, but then tomorrow was raining and so we ended up not being able to do it. He also had cycling and we didn't get to do that either. But there were some wonderful things to do at the fortress as well. Do you remember the fortress that we went to that was in Shinon? Oh, the fortress was a magnificent place, especially for children. They had a, a nice cafe as well. So I remember having a little glass of wine there, watching the children play petanque. Oh, that's and right. Pick up giant pick up sticks and other yes. medieval activities. It was a medieval and version of pick it, up sticks. Yes, and massive jigsaw puzzles, and that was that's, great fun. That's right. The medieval pick up sticks was hilarious because. It was essentially a giant pick-up sticks game. So the kids would stand with their arms wrapped around a huge bundle of poles that were almost like javelin poles, but loads of them. And then they would all of a sudden jump back and let their arms go and all the poles would fall down all over the ground everywhere. And the idea of the game was to only pick up the sticks that belonged to you that were your coloured sticks. And apparently that was a very popular game during medieval times in the region. So the kids loved it and they wanted to play game after game of it. There's no way we could get them to play normal pick-up sticks like that, but when they got to do it in a grand, massive scale, they just loved it. But it was also a lovely link back to the history of that area, which I really loved. And I know that the kids had really enjoyed that too. We also got to visit a few calves, which is what in Australia we would call a cellar door attached to a vineyard. Over there, they have a carve at the vineyard, but they've also had them in town. And one carve in particular that we went to was actually in a cave. So there was a carve in a cave, which was fascinating because they kept the wine under the fortress, in the tunnels that were all under the fortress because it kept the wine so cool and at a regular temperature all year round. Do you remember going in there? Yeah, it was beautiful. I think it was at least 400 years old mm-hmm. and we were treated to some delicious drops, weren't we? We and were. I think we, uh, we made good and, and bought a few, um, which is tricky in your suitcase but absolutely essential (laughs) it is well we actually drank quite a number of them while we were there with that many family there together we stayed in accommodation that we'd booked through some Australians who actually own properties all over France that they rent out but our family stayed near the fortress and was in a beautiful old fairly famous house in the region called the Maison Rouge And the Maison Rouge is built in that style that's from probably the Elizabethan era, although that's not the era that I'm sure it was called in France, but that that style, that Shakespearean style of building with 
a house that has now been broken up into apartments and it was just stunning. And one of our cousins stayed in another apartment that you had to go up various flights of stairs and some of them were little spiral staircases to get to the top. And then it opened up into this fabulous apartment with a rooftop garden that had a view overlooking the whole village and the valley, and it was stunning. We went up there for aperitifs one night and to drink some of the wine that we just bought at the Calves. Do you remember that place too? Yes, it was magnificent. We did learn that the cantilevered balconies that gave us these beautiful views were designed to avoid land tax as they had to pay tax according to how much space they took up on the ground. So they'd have these beautiful spots where you put your head out and look down and you would see nothing but the road underneath you. Yes. And it had this wonderful feeling of mystery and we we were able to explore around the passageways and it was a a wonderful time to get to do that with numerous properties. So that's a a great benefit with travelling with a group. You have access to more properties and (laughs) we thought it was wonderful. In some ways we took over half the village and we picked a different spot to have pre-dinner drinks every night and Mm. relax and enjoy as a group and mix it up a little, which was fantastic. It was. Now, one of the other things that we found was happening while we were there was not quite a music festival, but it was like a little mini music fest just for the village in one of the squares. There were two main squares in the village and one of them had a temporary stage And we went and sat and listened to live music on one day. It was quite a warm day and we sat there and drank local wine but also beautiful local foods that were being made there as well. And it was a really lovely way to just sit and relax and listen to gorgeous French music. So in every episode of Little Bell's Francophiles, we share a French dish. Is there something, being vegetarian as well that you are, Is there something that you would like to share with us as your favourite French dish, your go-to French food? Oh, Luna Bell, it has to be Crepe Suzette. Oh, oh, I think you ordered that in the restaurant in Chinon. I'm pretty sure you ordered that. I'm sure I would have, absolutely. When you're there, you have to to try it. That that would have to be my favourite. Other than that, for a normal meal, I would go for anything with mushrooms. They tend to handpick them and mushrooms aren't just mushrooms. They have so many different varieties and they hunt them as if they're truffles. They take it seriously. Yes, they treat their foraging almost like a sport, which I love. Yes. Now, I'm going to play today a song from a band that we saw in that mini music fest that I just spoke about before. There was a band that was playing that day called The Fails, F-E-Y-L-S. It was a five-piece band and it had two young kids. In fact, they were all quite young. But the story of these children is that one of the other musicians in the band was babysitting these two kids and they started jamming and then they formed this group and then the group started to record albums and they were fantastic the girl I think at the time was about 12 and she was brilliant so I bought the CD I've still listened to them on my playlist of French music and today I thought given that I first heard them in Chinon I would play one of the songs by the Fails. oh wonderful I remember you buying the CD yes So, merci beaucoup for your time today, Annie. It's been lovely to reminisce about our little holiday with our 
Grande Famille and our week in the Loire Valley. I hope we get to travel again over there. Thank you so much, Lou Lavelle. Such happy times, wonderful memories, and it's so good to reflect back on our travels mm-hmm. and think about those special memories, including the food, the sights, the sounds. It brings it all back. Thanks so much. It does bring it all back, and yes, I have really enjoyed it. So we will put the links of all of those things that we chatted about on the Lutabelle's website, and hopefully we'll be able to revisit some of them ourselves when we get to travel back over again. Now, here is the fails with Le Temps Passé. That was The Fails with Le Temps Passé. Mabel Ami Anne mentioned before the song that her fave French dish is crepe Suzette. This is a delicious buttery crepe dish with an orangey Grand Manier flavour. 
There are some recipes with variations on the traditional version and I have sometimes enjoyed mixing a couple of combinations together that include lemon juice and also brandy or cognac. It's a wonderful dessert that is rich without being too heavy. So I'll place a link for Crepe Suzette on the Lulabelle's Francophiles website for you to make it for yourself and have a little bit of France at home. So c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Little Bells Francophiles episode. If you're enjoying being transported to France through these podcast episodes, perhaps tell your Francophile friends to join us and connect with our favourite destination, France. To be notified when new episodes are released, subscribe in your favourite podcast platform or follow Little Bells Francophiles on Insta. That's where you will also find lots of my personal French pics as well as some from our Little Bells Francophiles guests. And we can all daydream of heading back to France. Au revoir, mes amis, et à bientôt.